Newborn Life Center. You can be seated. Worship team, thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's good to be in church. Amen. Who's glad you're here today? Who's, who's ready to see God show up and do something amazing in your life today? Who's, who's ready? Anybody? I hope you're not here to check a box because that's not why we're here today. We're here to see God show up in somebody's life and change it. Because when you come in contact with Jesus, when you really, really come in contact with Jesus, you will change. That's it. That's it. We're in week three. If you're a guest, we're ecstatic that you're here. We want you to feel at home. We want you to worship. We want you to feel comfortable. But most of all, we want you to have an encounter with Jesus because that's why we do what we do every single Sunday. And we're in week three of our series, I Am. And the first two weeks, first week was introduction. Last week, Pastor Andrew absolutely killed whatever could be killed last week. He drug it down. He beat it. He stepped on its throat. And it was an amazing week talking about Jehovah Jireh, I, our God, will provide. What, what spoke to me last week was that no matter where you are and no matter when you are, God will provide his future tense. It's not past tense. God provided for me and now he's done. God provided for me and now I'm okay. God, the promise is, the I am is God will provide. Every single time and every instance, God will provide. So that, that's our promise. And we're going to continue today, and we're going to meet Jehovah Rapha, our healer. And it's, it's going to be a little bit different, but today I promise you will pack purpose, and it's going to build your faith, because faith comes how? Faith doesn't come by reading a book. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So we're going to hear some stuff today that's going to increase our faith. But first, let's reestablish our, our, our foundation. And I've got a lot to cover today. Don't check out on me. The Ravens don't play today. So we're good till two or three, right? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's reestablish our foundation in Exodus 3.14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And again, when I say I am, you're going to wait for me to tell you the rest of the sentence and what I'm doing because I am is, is, the, is, the, is the preface for my action. I am going to the store. I am going to bed. I'm going to eat, which I do a lot. And that's, that's just, I am going to do something. My I am, thank you, is pointing to the action that's, that's following. And if I stop at I am, if I walk up to say, Andrew, I am, you're like, yeah, what else? You aren't just I am. But the, the difference is, when I stop, it just doesn't work. But the difference between us and God is, I am isn't what God does. I am is who he is. It's his identity. I am is the ultimate statement of self-sufficiency, self-existence, and immediate presence. He's just there. His existence, I said this two weeks ago, isn't contingent upon any, anyone else, anything else. His plans aren't contingent upon any circumstances. His promises that he will be is just what he will be. He's an eternally, he is the eternally constant God. He stands ever-present. He stands unchangeable, completely sufficient in himself. He doesn't rely on anything. I 
am. That's it. So I was asked this question, why do a series talking about the different names of God? Because they all denote a different role that God wants to fill in our lives. Here's what we do. We come to Jesus and, and we give our lives to him. We depend on him for salvation and then we move on. Because in our mind, we're, it, I'm not a list person. My wife is a list person. You make a list. She'll make a list and she will put things on the list that she's already done. Because she likes the satisfaction of checking the box. Is anybody else like that? I got a few. So she, she, just, she gets such satisfaction out of checking the box. And, and sometimes that's what we do. We come to Jesus and he changes our life. And okay, boom, check the salvation box. I'm moving on. Like Billy Joel. I'm, you know, I'm moving on, moving out. Whatever we got to do, I'm moving on with my life. I'm saved. Let's go live it. Let's go have my best life. Let's, I'm going to do whatever I can because I am saved. And that's the only role that we let God fill in our lives is the role of Savior. But if we look a little bit deeper, we'll find out that there's a lot, there are, there are a lot more roles that he wants to fill in our life just besides, and I'm not trying to minimize salvation. That's, that's the end all be all. That dictates your eternity. But while we're here, Jesus said he came so we could have abundant life. And we can't find that abundant life really until we let him in every part of our life. And that's what this I Am series is all about. We don't want to move on and check a box. I'm good. I'm going to heaven. No, that's not what we're about. He wants to be more than a savior to you. We're very efficient at compartmentalizing our lives. And in our compartmentalization, we tend to put God in a salvation box and go about living as normal business as usual. I've got this. Who's ever said that? I've got this. I've got this. I can make my own decisions. I'm, a, I'm an adult. I can, I can adult. Who doesn't like to adult? Yeah, whole room of us. I can adult. I'm, I'm, I'm self-made. Who's ever said those stupid words? I'm, I'm, I'm a self-made. Well, the, the part of the problem with our life sometimes is that we are self-made and we're trying to undo our self-making. <laughs> Talking about Jehovah Jireh, I don't need to follow any kind of biblical stewardship because I'm self-made, I've got this, and we can, we, we can do it. We can make our own way, we can make our own path and never follow biblical stewardship, but we're doing something drastically difficult in our life because we're, we're, when we do that, we remove the power of Jehovah Jireh from our life. Because he wants to be our provider. It's my hope and my prayer that after just these few brief weeks that your vision and that your understanding of who and what God wants to be in your life will be expanded. And it's my hope that we all, everybody say all. We all completely, without hesitation, without reservation, open our entire life to God and let him invade everything that we are and everything that we hope to be. Let him be your God of everything, not just my God of salvation. Let him be your God of everything. The abundant life that Jesus promised isn't just knowing that you're saved. It's the life that you experience when he is in every single part of your life, not just your salvation church on Sunday life, but your Monday life and your Tuesday and your relationships and your, your parenting and your, your marriage and your friendships and your job, your career, your school, whatever it is, you want him involved in those things because that's when, when you, when you relinquish control of those things and give those things to him, that's when you're going to experience the life that Jesus came to earth to give us. 
So Jehovah Rapha, who is this? In Exodus 15, 26, he said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, this is the law that we can't keep. I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. And you have to study the plagues. I'm not going there. I don't have time to go there today. For I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you, Jehovah Rapha. We, we know Jehovah is God, but Rapha translated is to restore or heal. It's not just about healing. It's about restoration. To what, from what was broken, he restores and heals and brings us back to the point where he designed us to be. Here's, here's something else about us. Even if we do see God as our provider and our healer, there are thresholds. And y'all will identify with everybody in the room. will identify. There are thresholds. That our sickness must cross before we ask for healing or even pray about it. Think about it. And there may be one or two that say no and say, I, I, I pray about everything. But most of us, our sickness has to cross a certain threshold before we're going to Jesus. Because if we got a headache, Motrin is our best friend. If, our ba- if we're getting old like I am and our back starts to hurt, well, we, I leave, man, that takes, that takes us where we need to go. It helps us get things done. And we subconsciously, without even putting a moment's thought into it, we blast through those moments being self-sufficient. Scripture doesn't say that he's the healer only of our major illness, but we're on our own with smaller stuff. It just simply says that he is our healer. In the passage I read, Israel had left Egypt and wandered through the desert and they needed water in a bad way, and they came up on some water, and it was, it was contaminated. It was undrinkable. It would have made them sick. And, and God caused Moses to throw a piece of wood in the water, and when he did, the water was purified, just like that. Magic. It wasn't magic. It was God. When the water became drinkable, God then told them that he would keep sickness from them. In the old, all through the Old Testament, we see God as a healer. In Psalm 103, I'm just going to breeze through these because we've got a lot to do. Psalm 103, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. All his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Psalms 147.3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Jeremiah 33.6. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. And this brings us to the famous prophecy from Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we are what? We are healed. We move to the New Testament. This is the amazing thing about Scripture. You pull a thread in Exodus, it's going to pucker the New Testament because it's one continuous thing. John 8, 58 says this, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, <laughs> I am. Uh, Exodus, John. God, God said to Moses, tell them that I am has sent you. And Jesus speaks up and says, before Abraham was, not I was. Before Abraham was, I am. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen says, Jesus came and spoke to them and, and, and said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Why is that important? Because he said all power, not some power, not a manifestation of it, not a moment of it, all power. That means anything that happened in the Old Testament, any miracle that happened, guess who had access to it and power to do it again? Jesus, because before Abraham was, I am. 
I am, all power. Matthew 8, 14 says this. When Jesus came to Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. She got up and began to wait on him. Guys, who would do that? Walk in somebody sick, okay, be healed, now wait on me. <laughs> when evening came, many who, who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word. He drove out the spirits how? With a word. And healed all the sick. This was to, fill, to, to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. And then after that, Jesus, went, Jesus just went on a miracle tour, complete with groupies and followers and the whole thing. Mark 1, he healed a possessed man. Matthew 8, he, we just read, he healed Peter's mother, mother-in-law. Luke 5, he healed a paralytic. In Luke 7, he healed a centurion servant, and the, 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 link, the list is long. But you get the point. You see the trend. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And let's, let's start shifting now. Not only are we the children of God, but Jesus' last words were, you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be what? My witnesses. What does a witness do? He tells a story. A witness tells a story of what God has done. A witness tells a story of who God is, and we are the children of God, but more importantly, we are the hands and the feet of God. And Jesus himself said, greater things than these shall you do. Jehovah Rapha is still at work today. Still at work. Who, who here today, you know without any doubt in your mind that you know that God has healed you before? You'll raise your hand and say, God has been my healer. That's a lot of hands. That's a lot of hands. Faith comes by hearing, and it's my hope today that after today that, that we look to God for healing and Jehovah Rapha was the God of healing and restoration. That we look to God for healing and restoration, not in just some really difficult situations, not just the ones where we seem we, we can't get through them, but in every single situation. And today we haven't just read about what God can do, we're going to see and we're going to hear about what he can do. And, and this is going to be different for you, but don't check out on me. Please, don't check out on me because you're going to hear some stuff today that's going to increase your faith. It's important that you, you stay connected to what's about to happen. So we're going to hear some stories today about how God has intervened and brought healing and restoration. So we're going to start today with, with Mike and Pam, and I want them to come up here today, and we're going to hear something about what God has done in their life. And if she needs a chair, we'll get her one. But she's just coming off a of surgery where it was pretty invasive and very major. And we're glad she's here because she almost wasn't. wedding reception, well, not a wedding reception, but premarital um, rehearsal dinner, and here the next night she was to get married, so we were to take the, 
the wedding party out to dinner, and this is where the story starts. We get to the, the uh, rehearsal dinner, and my wife says, it's raining really hard. Do you mind dropping me off at the door so that I can receive guests? Parked the car, and as I went in, I seen hustle, bustle going on, and my wife and uh, the pastor's wife at the time, Brother Terry's wife, Sister Linda, they were heading to the restroom, and my wife had fallen and um, on a wet floor. Well, the guy that owned the restaurant come immediately to me and said, listen, if there's something wrong, we will take care of it. If there's any x-rays that need to be done, that shouldn't have been wet. That podium shouldn't have moved. She fell on herself. We'll take care of it. Well, here's how God works. My wife was working around the house, and uh, she was still sore from the fall, she thought. So after a couple of weeks, we decided that we didn't have insurance at the time, but we'll take him up on this, and we'll go see what's going on with this fall. Well, when we get there to the doctor, my daughters went with us, and uh, she had already had a couple other, had another doctor look at her, and we had went on to a, an advanced doctor, uh, the cancer doctor that we went to. He sat us down, and he pretty much looked at us and said to us, you really want to get your house in order. And when you're sitting there after 30 years of being married, and you're looking at the person that you love with all your heart and your daughters, and you've always been a person that's a fixer. I've always been able to fix it. So when this went on, he looked at us and told us that. And my wife knew that it's going to be in the hands of God. And he said to us, he said, listen, you have good insurance. We can try chemo or we can try radiation. But I want to tell you right now, neither one of them seems to work on this type of cancer. The cancer you have is sarcoma cancer. And it's rapid and it moves really quickly. So pretty much get your house in order. Well, when this happened, they said that you choose which one you want, and Pam said, whichever one you choose. So we ended up going with chemo. So as the chemo was, she was taking the chemo, they put a port in her to, to give her the chemo, and if anybody's ever seen how that works, it feeds the chemo in, and it kind of fights the cancer. Well, I'm at work every night, can't wait to get home to see her, but by this time I decided that because she had a port in her that I wasn't going to remain in the bedroom. I just moved out to the couch. I was afraid I'd turn over and hit it, cause it to bleed or something, and cause injury. So, but when she went to sleep, every night when she went to sleep, I would come in after she went to sleep, and I'd walk the floor. God, you gotta touch my wife. You gotta do something for my wife. Please, God, somehow heal her. Please reach down. And promises, I can tell you, verbatim promises that I make God that I'm going to do if you do. Mm -hmm. God, if you'll do this, I'll do that. I promised everything I could promise. And one thing, led, this went on for weeks, if not over a month and a half. One night I'm at my office working, and I've been asking God, please, God, heal her, heal her. Please, God, heal her. I'm getting ready to close my business one evening, and uh, all my technicians are, have left for the evening, I thought. A lady walks in, and she says, can you fix my car? I said, ma'am, I'm sorry. All my technicians have gone for the night. About that time, one of the doors opened, and I did have a guy left. He said, Mike, I'll take a look at it. Well, we took her car and started to look at it, and the, the repair that needed to be done on her car took about 30 minutes. And as she starts talking to me, she said, my car was my calling card. That was the exact word she used. She said, what I'm here for is you. She said, yeah, go ahead and fix my car because it needs to be fixed, but I'm here for you. She said, your wife has been suffering 
with leiomyosarcoma cancer. I looked at her, and nobody knew this but us. I looked at her, and I'm like, how, how do you know this? She said, just listen to me. She said, you have been walking beside her bed every night, praying that God heals her, haven't you? By this time, the hair on my arms are standing on it. I said, yes, I have. She said, you've been making God all kinds of promises, haven't you? I said, yes, I have. She said, well, stop asking God for healing because the healing's done. I'm here to tell you that God sent me to tell you that the healing has taken place. Start thanking him for all that he has done. She said, I'm going to go a little further. In two weeks, that phone sitting over there, you're going to get a phone call. And it's going to tell you, it's going to ask you if your wife is around. And you're going to tell her who you are, and they'll give you the information you need to get. She said, they're going to call you and tell you that the chemo has worked. But you know what's worked. She said, give God the glory. She said, and this all took place in about four or five minutes while he was working on the car. Remember, the car took about 30 minutes to fix. Next thing I remember, she said, do you mind if I pray for you? She takes her gloves off, starts praying for me. And I've been around healing my whole life. (laughs) I've been in the apostolic church my whole life. And I've seen things that when it's somebody else, it's easy to look at. But when it's you praying for it, it, it's a little harder. When When she started praying for me, it's like electricity went through my body. Next thing I know, 30 minutes has passed by because the technician at the store says, I'm finished. She said, remember what I said, you're going to get a phone call in two weeks. When I told my wife what had happened, and two weeks to the day, I'm working late one evening and the phone rang. I looked over and it said, Mercy Medical Center. I froze because I, I, I wanted to answer the phone, but I was kind of scared. I pick up the phone and they asked for my wife. And I said, this is her husband. They gave me the information that the chemo has worked. So I just want to let you know, whatever you're going through, God is on the throne and God is a healer. This, is this, this incident was when the second time the cancer came back. I actually had it three times. The first time, um, with no insurance, a uh, doctor did it. Um, and miraculously, everything was covered. And the second time, they said it usually comes back. There's no cure for it. There's no radiation, not anything for it the first time it came. But he was talking about the second time. So it was like they said it usually comes back in two years, and you don't survive. Well, of course, that second time we're there, my daughters are in there with us, and we're talking with the doctor. And at this point, they'd become the chemo and things that we were able to take. And so during that second time, is when all this took place. It also came back a third time. But with even though it came back, and knowing what God had given us, it's completely gone. Mm-hmm. As far as having faith like they're speaking out and believing and trusting God, how do you do that? Honestly, I have plenty of times when I'm like, you know, doubting. I, I don't see me making it through. But God was always there. And when I would start that, I would just somehow go back to the same scripture, the grain, uh, faith is a grain is a mustard seed. And I'd get to thinking how little that grain of a mustard seed is. You know, how are you using your faith if you're not trusting me and believe me, but you just, your mind, God just helps you and gives you that faith. And it, he totally has healed everything. And do I go for my CAT scans right now? I go every six months. But God has totally healed and taken it all away. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Pam is a walking miracle. A walking testimony of what God can do. About, I'm going to, Tristan's a junior, so four years ago, he was a senior in high school, and most of you know I coach high school basketball girls, and I coached Megan, his classmate, and she, as a coach, there are certain things you expect of players, certain levels of performance, you have to run, you have to try, you have to work, and through, we go to practice, and we're working, we're working, and she's getting slower, and she's like, I can't catch my breath. I'm like, girl, if you're going to play basketball, you got to run, and I, you know, I'm, I'm just, matter of fact, you got to run, you got to be on the court, you got to run, you got to do this, 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 and she's like, I don't think I can keep up, and she, she didn't, and she was just short of breath all the time, she wasn't feeling well, and they, they took her to the doctor, and they, they did a CAT scan, they did all kinds of things. They told her it was appendix, pancreas, gallbladder, all kinds of stuff. And finally, they did the scan. And here's a picture of it. And all those black spots, you know what that is? That's cancer. 16 years old. Obviously, that's not the news you want to get if you're a parent. It's not the news you, if, that you want to get if you're a senior in high school. And obviously, as a coach, as a pastor, I'm like, dear God, I've been yelling at that girl telling her to run. And she can't run. It's apparent that she can't run. So I will always carry that with me. That's just mine to, that's just mine to bear. Now I treat things a little bit differently. But that, that was her scan, and that was her news. You have cancer at 16 years old. And, and the next picture is, I think, when she was in the hospital. Had lost her hair. That's when, that's when Pastor Jason shaved his head with her. And the, the thing about this is a whole community, not just, I'm going to, no, communities. Communities came together to support Megan. Food, money, T-shirts, wristbands. It was a whole Facebook movement of people supporting Megan, and not just supporting her that way, but praying for her. Not, not that, not that you know, God. If you take no, it's it's God heal Megan. She's a senior in high school. She's got a whole life. Please heal Megan. Next picture. That's when she was sick, still had no hair. She had come up here and sing, and I rub her head. It was it was endearing. Next picture. Guess what's not there? Where are those black spots? Jehovah Rapha showed up. Next picture. That's Megan today. Yeah. I talked to her. She, she couldn't be here today. I, I wanted her to, to share part of her story. But, but the deal is this. Her mom and dad, when, when they got this news... They handled this news like champs. I'm sure there were moments in their bedrooms where they were beside themselves and they didn't, you know, they, they couldn't put a coherent thought together and all these things because as a parent, I know how devastated I would be if that happened to me because my, my kids are my world. 
But they put their faith and their trust in God, and he showed up, and he healed her. And scan after scan after scan, they're saying, there is nothing there, and you are, you are recovered. Y'all, that's huge. That's God showing up and doing something that we hope he will do. That's putting our hope in him. That's putting our faith in him and our trust in him. Aaron and Chanel, would you guys come up with your kids? I think we're going to bring the whole family up. Are they sleeping? <laughs> Morgan's not here. Aaron and Chanel came to us in 2009 or 10. Yep, yep something like that. <laughs> uh, we married them in 2010. 11. 11, September. And at the <laughs> right here, actually. right here, standing right here, they jumped the broom down there. Yeah. Yep. So at that point, y'all had Morgan. There was no Manny. What's that shirt doing? You know what it's like. <laughs> 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 so they they came. They they were here and. And they got married here, and, and they, were, they were following Jesus, and they still are, obviously. And then they, they, uh, Manny was born. They moved to Atlanta, and now Montgomery County is where you live? Montgomery County. So they get the news they're pregnant, and that's exciting news, right? I'll make sure this is on. You ready for this? Yeah. Tell this story. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> this, you built this stage for our wedding. Yeah. <laughs> there was none. There was no carpet. No, there was no carpet. This is all. Yeah. That's good. No, so um, yeah, that's the true story. What's up, dude? That's Mason. Hi, Mason. But um, I was looking for a church home. We started dating, and uh, we were referred here by a close friend out of the Eastern Shore, uh, Bishop Lawson, and he referred us to Bishop McIntyre's church. And we got here, and uh, Pastor Scott was preaching, and we loved it. Loved everything about it. I love how he teaches from the Bible, and uh, I just, we made this our home after our first visit, and um, we were dating at the time, you know, she had a daughter, our daughter from her previous marriage, she was two or three, and uh, we got married here, actually, Miss um, McIntyre was our nanny for, yeah, <laughs> we call her Nanny Mac, you know, she was our nanny uh, for, for a long time, for uh, Manny and our oldest daughter, uh, so we're very I was here when, um, before Tristan was tall and, and when Taylor was all cheeks. So, um, <laughs> still all cheeks. But, uh, so, yeah, so we've been here for a while. But, um, so we got pregnant with Manny, and uh, everything was going good. We went to get an ultrasound, and the tech, you know, normally they're real talky, and you have a good time. But this time the tech was just completely silent. And we're like, well, what's up? You know, it's like, well, I, I can't talk to you. The doctor has to talk to you. Like, whoa. <laughs> and I said, no, what's going on? So well, I can't talk to you. The doctor has to talk to you. So they take us into this private room, and um, they start talking. And it's okay. You're fine. You're all right. <laughs> but um, the doctor said, well, listen, uh, dude, this picture says that your son has severe club foot on both feet, and they were like, well, we're going to have to break his ankles and reset it, 
and he's going to walk around with braces. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, because, I mean, she's little, and he, he came out at nine pounds, what, nine two. So he was jammed up in there, you know, and um, <laughs> he was. And so I, I was freaking. I called Scott right away. I called Pastor Scott right away. I said, listen, you know, um, you know I don't know. I don't know what's going on. We need prayer. And uh, we came here, and he put us, we, we, here's what I do remember. Outside that door, on my way to the car, Andrew comes up to me, and he says, I got to pray for your wife. And, I mean, I don't know, he, he just stopped everything, took us to the car, and he just um, put his hands on my wife, and he just prayed. And I remember that like it was yesterday. You know, he said, hey, Aaron, it's all good. You know, you know it's, it's all good. <laughs> you know, and uh, I remember that. And, um, you know, so long story short, we didn't talk about it anymore. I mean, after he said it was all good, I just felt like it was all good. The pictures said otherwise. I mean, I didn't know we were showing pictures. I got some pictures. His, his feet all up everywhere, you know, and... Um, so he was born June 23rd at 2.42. They yanked him out. The first thing I said, well, how's his feet? And the doctor said, well, what are you talking about? Everything's fine. There's nothing wrong with his feet. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? You know, his feet are supposed to be... <laughs> What are you talking about? His feet are supposed to be twisted all kinds of ways. And um, he was 10 pounds coming out. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, yeah, I, and he was perfect. And, he yep. is, and, and today he is a travel team all-star on his baseball team. He is as fast as can be, and uh, he's, he's an honor roll student. He's just a, he's a leader, and um, there is he is absolutely perfect. And I'm from Pittsburgh, so that's why he's wearing this. So, we used to argue all the time. It's still okay. She's from Baltimore, but it's all right. So it's um, but I mean, I absolutely, <laughs> absolutely love this stuff. Uh, church. I see a lot of friendly faces that uh, I've known for years. So um, when Scott called on Tuesday and said, hey, come and we want to talk about healing, I, well, we had to be here, you know, and um, I just, I'm forever grateful. You know, I honestly, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm just forever grateful for putting this church in our life and um, putting these men in our life. You know, and uh, your whole family has been great for us, you know, so <laughs> I don't really have too much more to say. He said everything. But um, one thing I do want to add, we're, um, we are at the top of a company. And when we were going through this, when we were praying, I remember Aaron promising, like Mike was saying, how you just keep promising, like, God, if you do this, I'll do this. God, if you do this, I'll do this. And he made a promise to God that if he healed Manny and everything was fine, like he was going to use that testimony to help bring more people to Christ. And my husband got promoted to the very top of our company. And, and at, his, um, at his promotion, 
we were in an arena filled with probably close to 20,000 people, and he stood on that stage and gave God all he the did. honor and the glory. And, and he told everybody, he told everybody that story that he promised God that he was going to use that platform to tell everybody how good he was and how he's a healer. And that weekend, we have a non-denominational worship service on a Sunday morning. And I know more people gave their lives to Christ because of his testimony. Yep. So thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I love you, man. Thank you. No, it's all good. And I'm a Ravens fan. <laughs> a Ravens fan and a Steelers fan. What a story. I'll never forget. The closer, I think it was, it was maybe the sonogram before he was born or something. I, they, they, if I remember correctly, at some point they said, well, we might not have to actually break his, his, his ankles or his legs. They, we, he may just be in braces for, you know, for his, I don't know. But the deal is, what does scripture say? I knew you, oh, I knew you before you were born. And what the psalmist say? You knit me together in my mother's womb. Before Manny was born, it just so happens, who knows what, what Manny's real name is? It's Emmanuel. <laughs> what, what does that mean? That means God with us. And guess what next Sunday is? Yeah, that's where we're going next Sunday. But a miracle that we, we couldn't see, a miracle that we hoped for, that we prayed for, a miracle in the womb from being, y'all, it was messed up, to being perfectly normal and a travel all-star on a baseball team at eight years old. How amazing is God? Jehovah Rapha, my healer. My healer. Ross, Shannon, Chris, Marie, please join me. <laughs> He's running for the door. Y'all, this crew. Yeah, this crew right here. Sheer desperation. Yeah. I love all of them. I love all of you, but here's, here's the deal with this. How long? Three years ago? It's been three years? About three years ago. These two walked in church. I was out of town. He calls me and says, dude, that's how we greet each other. Dude, this couple walked in church today and I just felt like, like God spoke to me and said, connect. He's like, so I did. And th they may have missed two, three Sundays since then. They immediately, they were looking for a church. They walked in connected and they've been here ever since what we didn't know is that they are very active in narcotics anonymous we didn't know this but god was putting pieces together and ross how many years y'all can share this mic how many years how many years clean sure with me 12 12 years 12 years all right how many years six six years He's on the regional board for NA. Didn't know this. Didn't know this. But, but God puts pieces together that he's, that Jehovah Rapha has already restored. 
and healed. Chris, how many years? Four and a half. Four and a half. Coming up on four. Coming up on four. <laughs> they, they come to me, these two come to me and said, said Pastor Scott, is, would you mind? <laughs> would you mind if we hosted an NA meeting at church? What kind of question is that? And I'm like, absolutely. And I think the question was, well, can we have it upstairs in the classrooms or, you know, where? I said, you can do it right here in this room. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. They're like, normally we're in basements and folding chairs and it's, it's cold and like rodents and things like that. I'm like, no, let's have it in here. What, what we didn't see at the beginning of that is that most Sundays, not mo- we don't receive complaints most Sundays, but we have received complaints, people calling the police, because there are so many cars in the parking lot, and there are so many cars parked on both sides of, all, of every street here. <laughs> that the neighbors are put out. So the police called me. And they said, we're having a problem with parking. I said, well, is, is it legal to park on the street? Yes. I said, well, what's the problem? <laughs> I called our delegate. I said, is there a problem parking on the street? He's like, as long as you're within this many feet of somebody's driveway, I relayed the information, we're parking on the street. The deal is this. Most of their 6 o'clock every Sunday night, they don't miss. If it's Christmas, they're going to have a meeting here at 6 o'clock every Sunday night. And most, most Sunday nights, the crowd is bigger than this. Sometimes standing in the back, sometimes standing on the aisles. What are they, they get in here, and, and we have, I don't want to, if you're involved in shared aspiration, would you please stand up? Yeah. Yeah. You can be seated. Thank you. The, the deal is this. This is Jehovah Rapha, our healer and restorer in action. This is, this is God's work. Thank y'all. <laughs> Ross loves being up here. He loves it. The deal is this. It can be a headache. It can be MS. It can be cancer. It can be addiction. It doesn't matter what it is. You can be a damaged relationship. What, what can God not restore? What can God not heal? It's, it's not the can God do it. It's when is it going to happen. It's not the can he, it's when. It's when is it going to happen. I believe, and here, here's, here's the deal. I, I believe that we have just begun to scratch the surface of what God is going to do. That's, that's the deal. Earlier this year, Jim and Mary, Mary prayed for how many years? 20, 20 years. Mary prayed, God, save my husband, save my husband, save my husband. How many years has it been, Jim? Two years, three years? He's not We baptized Jim up here. Two years ago. Answered prayer. Earlier this year, Jim went to see a nephew get baptized. Coming out of church. Walking out of the house of God. Drops just Boom. Having a conversation on the floor, no pulse. Paramedics come. CPR happens. They shocked him. Got to the hospital. He's on a breathing machine. 
They're like, we don't know. He was down a long time without oxygen. We don't know what's going to happen. Guess what? He's pretty much in his right mind. <laughs> he's as right as he's ever been. Why? Because God heals and God restores. God heals and God restores. There's so many stories in this room today. We don't have time to go through all of them. But here's what, here's, here's this. Hebrews 12 says this. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with, with perseverance or patience, King James says, the, the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on who? On Jesus. The, the pioneer and perfecter, the author and finisher of our faith, for the, the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We've, we've read about miracles of healing restoration in Scripture. We've seen and heard about miracles that have happened in this community. People that were terminal, people that were broken before they were even born, that had a, a, a negative sentence passed on them before they could even breathe their first breath. Faith comes how? Faith comes by hearing. Let's allow our faith to be increased today. Throw off every weight. Don't let anything, any doubt, any little bit of what, of what has stopped you before, don't let anything stop you today. There's a story in, the, in, in Scripture about a woman who had an issue with, with bleeding. She bled and bled and bled and bled for years. And the Bible said that she spent all of her money on, on all kinds of doctors just to try to get well. And nothing worked and she was broke. And she heard that Jesus was coming to town. And she made up her mind that if I can just... She heard stories. Faith comes by hearing. hearing. She heard stories of what Jesus did, how he healed people, how he changed people's lives. And she made up her mind, if I can just get close enough to touch his clothes, just the hem of his robe, the very bottom, if I can just touch that, I believe that I will be healed. The Bible says, as your faith is, so shall it be. That's why we're trying to increase your faith today, because as your faith is, so shall it be. She had faith, and she said, if I can just touch his clothes, I'm going to be healed. And she pushed, the Bible said the crowd was great, and she pushed through. She pushed through the people. She was weak. She was tired, years and years of sickness, and she said, if I can just push through and touch his clothes, he will heal me. And she pushed through, and she pushed through, and she pushed through, and finally she got close enough to touch his clothes. Her finger brushed his robe, and what did Jesus do? He stopped. He said, his disciples said, what are you doing, Jesus? He's like, somebody touched me. And they're like, what are you talking about? Of course someone touched you. It's, we're in, look at your groupies around you. We're in the middle of thousands of people. Of course somebody touched you. He's like, no, this was different. This person had faith. He said, I felt virtue leave my body. Do you realize how powerful that is? Jesus did not even acknowledge her. She touched him and her faith pulled the healing from his body. <laughs> he didn't look at her. He didn't say, your faith has made you whole. She was healed before he ever even acknowledged her. Her faith brought the healing. So here's the deal. 
We got all kinds of stuff going on in this room today. We got people that have colds. We got people that have cancer. We got people that are, that are suffering with addiction. We got the whole gamut of stuff going on right now in this room. As any, any room in the world, you put this many people together, you're going to have the same stuff. But we have it. Throw off every weight. Don't let anything stop you today. Recognize him as Jehovah Rapha, your healer, for your healing, for your restoration, for your peace of mind, for the healing of your relationship, your marriage, your, your drive, for healing from depression. Whatever you're dealing with right now, he can heal you for sickness, for relationships. Let him bring healing to your situation today. Pastor Scott, what if he doesn't come through? What if he chooses not to? My mom died of cancer. Sometimes he doesn't. When he doesn't, he's still God. He's still Jehovah Rapha. If he does, I will celebrate with you. And if he doesn't, I will trust. That's how that is. What did Jesus say in the garden? He's about to be crucified. He's about to die for our sin. And his flesh cried out, Father, if it's possible, please don't make me go through this. I don't want to do this. I want to be relieved of this weight, of this responsibility. And then he paused. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I'm not giving God an out. He, he has all supreme power, and he can do anything that he chooses to do. What I'm doing is I'm preparing myself, and I'm trusting him that no matter what, my faith is in him, and my trust is in him. What did Pam say up here? If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, what's the rest of that scripture say? You can speak to the mountain and it has to move from here and be cast into the sea. There's something very specific and definitive about that. It doesn't say plead with the mountain. It doesn't say scream in anguish at the mountain. It doesn't say beg at the mountain. It says simply speak to the mountain. If you go through the Gospels, if you go through Acts, if you go through every miracle that you see happen in, in Scripture, there is no one that ever, that you can, nobody's pleading, God, please, 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 please. The disciples didn't beg. They became apostles. They didn't beg. Jesus didn't beg. It was all like this. You speak to the mountain. What they say at the gate? We don't have any money, but what we do have, we give to you. Get up and go. And the man that couldn't walk, what did he do? He got up and went. You'll notice something else about Scripture, that every one of those things, most of them anyway, require action on the, person, on, on, on the part of the person receiving the miracle. Not they have to go do 10 push-ups and run on a circuit, no, none of that. But there is an action. Faith without works is dead. We can't expect, we can't, we can't sit and expect God just to pour it on us without us making no demonstration at all. So we have to speak to our mountain, see it move. Speak to our sickness, receive healing. Speak to your situation and see restoration take place. This, everybody say this. This is a house of miracles. This is a house of miracles. Let's stand together. Worship team is coming. Prayer team come as well. 
This is a house of miracles. Today, I pray that you will have your mind and your vision expanded and recognize him as Jehovah Rapha in your life, that God is your healer, that God is my healer, that he's my restorer, that he will make right what is wrong. He will make my path straight. Those are all promises directly from Scripture. You, everybody say I. I I can receive my healing today. I can receive my restoration today. I can leave here a changed person. I'm pretty much done. My prayer is today that you've heard something that has resonated in your mind and in your spirit. I pray today you've heard something that has injected hope into your situation that you've seen before as hopeless, that you've seen before as I don't see a way out of this or I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I need something to happen. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's your healer. He's your restorer. What's broken, he can fix. What's torn apart, he can put back together. What seems irreparable can be repaired, and it can be healed because he's Jehovah Rapha. He's our healer. He's our restorer of all things that are shattered, all things that are torn. If it's a relationship, he can mend it. If it's depression, he can bring you out of it. If it's hopelessness, he can give you hope. If it's sickness, he can heal you. That's who he is. It's not what he does. His actions aren't that. It's his identity. It's who he is. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's God, our healer. Here's the deal. The variable in every promise, the variable in everything that God promises us and said he will do for us, guess who the variable is? It's not him. (laughs) The variable is always me. It's always me. How do I receive it and do I have faith to receive it? I, I and my faith are the variable because Scripture says, as your faith is, so shall it be. I believe we can see healing in this place today. And I don't believe it's something we're going to have to scream and cry for. I believe it's something that we're going to speak to and it's going to change. Y'all believe some miracles happen today. I believe some miracles happened today. Don't lose faith. Don't walk out of here and let Satan tell you in your ear, oh, that's not real, that's not going to happen. No. You say, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Get behind me. God's promises are real. They are yes and amen. That's what Scripture says. Hold on to the promises of God. Understand that he is Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer and our restorer. When you have a headache, he's your healer. When you have a stomach ache, he's your healer. When you got diarrhea, he's your healer. It doesn't matter. When you have cancer, he's your healer. The same role across anything, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's silly, but we don't think about that because he's in the salvation box. Let him out of the salvation box and let him be everything that he needs to be in your life. And watch your life change. Watch your life change. Amen. I love every single one of you. I pray you have an amazing week. Next week, Emmanuel, God is with us. Bless you.